Welcome to Recurring Nightmares, episode 46. I am Chris, as always, joined by Jeff. Hello again. And as always, Jeff and I we will pit two movies against each other. Uh, this month is a pair of vampire movies from the same franchise. In fact, it's the, the whole franchise. Um, but before we get to that, Jeff, what have you been watching over the last, not, not quite a month, because we, we took us a little bit to get a... To yeah. get, get the first episode out of the year, but that's how, that's how J- January goes usually, you know. Yeah. Um, and and we're usually not a ton of uh, movies. And yeah. guess what? I have seen absolutely fucking nothing except constantly every night taking up all my free time. I've been watching For All Mankind, which. Nice. Uh, Talked a little bit about. Uh, you just started last, it. Yeah, I I was I remember I was like uh, I was like on episode five of of the show, and now I have about five episodes left. <laughs> uh, Fair enough. Yeah, puts me all the way th- all the way through season four in less than a month, and I'll be all caught up and then waiting and hoping. It gets renewed for another season. I, I gave you like the the premise of it last time, which is yeah. It starts off with what if uh, the Russians landed on the moon first? And I I believe I like said I think you know where the show is going is that like it would kind of accelerate the the space race and keep it going. Yep, and that's exactly what the show is, and it quickly becomes like uh very grounded sci-fi. Like if it, it, it's like. You know, it's not fantastical science fiction. It feels like pretty close to to what could be real, right? Um, but also with like all these other changes that happen in history because of this one thing, and that's that, that's a lot of fun. Um, the seasons like start pretty slow, and then like pretty much you could count on the last two episodes are gonna be fucking crazy. Uh, they're just really fun and really suspenseful and, and like edge of your seat entertainment. And so they're worth it. It's, it's, it's a really, really fun show. Uh, the end of like season two is like call of duty on a fucking moon base. It's just like, holy That's shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, probably my favorite story so far has been this one character, Gordo, who, in the first season, they they go like they're like the pioneers on the moon, and they're like just like season one is like the Apollo missions, but then they continue past you know like there's Apollo eighteen, Apollo nineteen, right? Right. And uh, you know we spent a good chunk of the season with like the first you know like settlers on the moon, where they're like they're like building little like tiny little room at this point with three three people there. And they end up stuck there much longer than planned. Um, you know, like months and months longer than they had planned. And, and three astronauts like begins to start to lose his mind. And, and I think they did a really good job of like depicting that and 
it's like little things like he's he's starting to worry about ants getting out of this ant farm that they have and it's just, to the point that at some point I, I don't want to spoil too much but like just to, to give you an example of like one thing I like about the show is that the second season spends a lot of time dealing with his character dealing with his mental illness that he got from being on the moon hmm. uh, um, of the second season where like 10 years later you know every season there's a big time jump uh, he's still he's like retreated <laughs> from life and and it's still because he can't quite shake the feeling he got on the moon really cool like probably my favorite thing about the whole show so far and I'd say the second season finale where I described it as Call of Duty on the moon was probably probably my favorite episode so far but uh, yeah, it, it really, I ended up being really worth it for me, and you know, obviously, uh, I'm enjoying it. I'm burning through it, and it is cool to see like all these like changes to history. You know, there's still bad things that happen, and, and there's disasters and stuff. But it is actually like you know, like I guess a lot of sci-fi. It is a very kind of hopeful, optimistic show about humans coming together to do something great um and yeah it, you get to imagine a world in which hey maybe george bush wasn't president you know that's that's fun <laughs> uh, nice alternate history yeah yeah that's cool uh like so like i said like each season like you know season one is like 1969 through like the early 70s and then season two would be like the 80s season three was the 90s and then this the season that just aired that I'm watching right now it's like right around 2003 uh so that's a that's a neat fun thing too like so like all season 3 had like you know Nirvana songs Soundgarden oh, cool. stuff like that yeah yeah they 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 do spend some budget on all, getting all the licensed music uh it's a big recommend for me if you have Apple TV if you're into sci-fi at all yeah this this is a really solid series Yep, I just need to find some time to sit down and watch it, but yeah, that's it seems really cool. Yeah, I think you would really dig it just knowing that you know you like sci-fi. Yeah, and like as far as actual space stuff is pretty cool. Yeah, it's like mixing it with like actual like how would we do this? You know, yeah, it, it is. It's neat. That's it. <laughs> All right, well, that's fine. Um, yeah, I mean similar to you is like there's not a lot going on out there right now like you there's know, not the a lot bee- of movies yeah the the beekeeper looked interesting enough but it's already streaming so like i kind of made the right call and not is going. It? yeah it's it's already up for rental like not it's a it's a premium rental but like that means in like I a couple weeks really, it's gonna be that's yeah. really quick though even for that two weeks two weeks like <laughs> i was like this has to be wrong and i had an ad on the xbox it was like the beekeeper i was like that can't be right it's like a pre-order or something right nope it's just a full-on rental um and that's kind of it for theaters this month right there's like yeah. maybe one other movie like night swim was another one that kind of caught my eye but like i think the reviews weren't great on that either no. also already streaming um for for like premium rental so yeah, nothing to like go and see. And then I, I, yeah, Killers of the Flower Moon up on Apple TV. I just like it's a three and a half hour. <laughs> you gotta get on Apple TV, Chris. You got a lot of programming. Yeah, I, 
I have it. It's just I gotta. It's I have you to find that there. time. You gotta like, dig in. Yeah, I watched. I, I think I watched Killer of the Flower Moon over two nights. Is it like a, so like a good break point, like to be like uh, a good, good spot to stop when you want to go to bed? Yeah, <laughs> I, I think I did the same thing with Oppenheimer too. Uh, Oppenheimer does. There's a couple good spots to like break sure. off from there, though. Sure, yeah. I don't think uh, I didn't plan where I broke either one. I just was like, well, there's still an hour and a half of this left, and I'm done. So I'll be back <laughs> tomorrow yeah. or, or whatever. Um, uh, I will say that, like, I feel uh, Oppenheimer. Uh, it feels paced better than Killers of the Flower Moon. Killers of the Flower okay. Moon does feel a little longer, and it is a little longer. Uh, so you might have to break it up over a couple nights, and then <laughs> you'll be like me watching five hours of For All My Characters. <laughs> no problem uh. there. Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe with no football this weekend, this will this will be the weekend to do it. So, um, like the last the last few weeks, it's like been you know, with the, you know, with the wild wild card yeah. playoffs. There was like so it's six games over over three days, and then there were yeah. four games. You know, now now we're done. Now we have we have the Super Bowl teams in place. So maybe maybe I could finally sit and watch some film. Yeah. Um. But I did find some time, mostly as like kind of like work noise. Um, I watched the rest of season eight of Kitchen Nightmares, which is the new. Yeah, I've <laughs> only seen three episodes of the new season or something like okay. that. I don't know why. I don't know why I stopped. I love that show. Yeah, I, I, so like I, I fell in love with it over the pandemic, like. Um, and kind of like really got into not just kitchen nightmares, but like you know, bar rescue. And Dude, like... Bar rescue is the best. John Taffer's fucking face just cracks me up, dude. Like I don't, I, it has surpassed kitchen nightmares for me. Um, because I remember, like, I want to say kitchen nightmares came first, and I was super into that. And then bar rescue came out. Came out. I was like, this is a ripoff. But it is now my favorite. And sorry it's, to interrupt like, you. But I love these shows too. Absurd. Yeah, like they're yeah. like I think and that's some of the like that's some of the appeal of it is that yes. they're absurd. They're certainly dramatized in a way. Um these are real places you can go or yeah. if they remain open. Like a lot of them don't. I think mm-hmm. uh watched a video on Kitchen Nightmares specifically and like seventy eight percent of the restaurants that Gordon goes to end up closing anyway. But yeah. these places are they're so badly run. <laughs> There's yeah. only so much that can happen. Every but single yeah. every single episode, I I I have to look up like as I'm watching the episode, I'm like, is this yeah. bar still around? And yeah, a lot of times you're like, these owners are so like, how could you be that clueless in the first place that there's no way and you're like, oh, they're gonna go back to exactly how they had it before. Like as soon as he leaves, and yeah. But anyways, um, so yeah, like the. It went off the air in 2014. That was when season seven ended. So it's been off the air for nine years. Yeah. And they brought it back for, for 2023, 10 episode run. I finally watched through it. Um, you know, it's not as, it's not as globe trotting as some of the other ones were like where you get like, Oh, they're in Boston. They're in New York. They're, they're in Chicago. They're in California, like all over the place. Like this was very much all new New York and New Jersey. 
Um, some of these are like places I could go to. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's nice. Like background noise. Like you could watch, like you see Gordon, like tasting their food. Like, you know, oh, there's yeah. a formula to all of them. And then, you know, there's the dramatized bits. It's fun. I think there's, there's, there's a few good episodes in there. There's some like really like shitty owners that uh are just they're they're gonna be bad. They're they're not gonna make it through. <laughs> um one thing I did like about this run of it though, like they revisit the place like two or three months later to see how they're going. And in some cases, like the one place was like, Yep, the owners decided that, you know, they they were they sold it like they're, they're putting it up for sale. Like yeah. they're, they're just not going to be able to run it. Um, and like, you could see like these people shouldn't be running a restaurant. So. Yeah. Even yeah. if you're good at it, it, it's, you know, that's a very hard thing. Yeah. Like, I think I looked up the stats of actual restaurants and it's like, even, you know, regardless of what the percentage of kitchen nightmares is, it's like 65, 70% of restaurants that open close within the first three years anyway. So it's a rough business to get into. Um, I don't know why you do it. Like I, I get no. the dream. I get the dream of it because I, you know, I'm going out to yeah. eat. But like, yeah, there's going out to eat. There's going and being the critic, and yeah, then man. there's actually trying to do it for yourself, which I would yeah. never like risk my money on. You know, I mean, it just oh yeah, so much money you have to put into it, and like so much money gets wasted and. Yeah, and it's and it's a it's a nightmare job. Like you're working all the time. Like you wake up, you have to prep yeah. for the the even if you just do dinner service. Like you're prepping for for the evening rush, and that takes hours. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a nightmare. Uh, it's a fun season. It's not as like over the top dramatic as some yeah. of the first seven, but. Yeah, I noticed they've toned it down a little bit. I do like, though, like you said, that they would go back, because, like, like Bar Rescue at the end, they just, like, have a little text thing that comes up and says, oh, sales are up 20%. And it's like, yeah, right. Yeah, maybe the first week or whatever, what's it like, you know, now, six months after you guys filmed yeah. it? Like, so that's what, and they have, like, there's, like, websites dedicated to whether these, like, you know, what happened after the show, you know? Uh, yeah, I always have to look up and, and uh, Sometimes I'm surprised. I'm like, how? Really? This place is still there? I cannot yeah. believe <laughs> yeah. it. You know? <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm a big fan of those shows, too. Like, I, I I take them over, like... Like, I don't watch Ramsey's other shows. I want Kitchen Nightmares. I don't give a fuck about, like, cooking competitions or whatever else he does. Like, give me Kitchen Nightmares. I want to see fucked up kitchens and him yelling at you about the rotten food and the, and the freezer or whatever, you know? Yeah, I, I did... I, I don't like uh, Hell's Kitchen. Like uh, that one, I just mm. it just doesn't work for me. I do like his his new cooking competition. It's not new anymore. It's it's third season, I guess. Um, Next level chef though. That that shit's interesting because like there's three levels of kitchen. Like one is like a top of the line kitchen. One's like okay restaurant kitchen. The other one is like basically a dumpster fire. And and if you're like a shitty cook, like you get placed in the basement and you have to cook your way out of the basement to <laughs> so it's like a neat thing. Yes. And there's like a platform that comes down and like the people on the top level, they get like first pick of all the food. So it's like a, a neat cutthroat type thing. But 
Um, yeah, I think Kitchen Nightmares is the best thing that Gordon Ramsay does. So that's it. Yeah. That's all I watched this month. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it, it is a slow month, anyways, like we were saying. But uh, yeah, I also just got all consumed by uh, checking out a new show. Sometimes it happens. Um, and I think, like you, I put off watching our movies for this for quite some time, like right up to the edge. Yeah, yeah. I watched them both in the last 24 hours. Um, yeah, so uh, we'll, we'll, let's get into that. Um, yeah. We have we have a pair of vampire movies, 30 Days of Night uh, from 2007, and then 30 Days of Night, Dark Days, its sequel from 2010. And we're going to do them in, in order, because I think, one, plot-wise, it'll make more sense. Um, and also, I think there there are things about the sequel that need to be discussed after we talk about uh, Thirty Days of of Night, the the original yeah. film. So, um, for sure, yes, Thirty Days of Night, directed by David Slade. October 19th, 2007, uh, budget of 30 million, uh, worldwide box office of 75.5 million. So decent, not great, but um, was fine, profitable, I guess. Uh, starred Josh Hartnett, who at the time was pretty big. I think he's made he's made a little bit of a comeback. He's back, uh, baby. Yeah. Um, he he's been in a bunch of stuff. Yeah, he's been in a bunch. Of, he it was on a one of the better new episodes of Black Mirror. He was like the main character. Um, he's popped up in some. I think I want to say Steve Soderbergh projects. Like he's back. He's. I think he like retired, dude. Like I don't think it was just like his career ended. I think he just like walked away for a while, and now he's back. He's awesome. I I, I love him now, and I, you know, he, I liked him when he was around. Yeah. Um, this is more in line with his early work, I would think. Uh, you know, when, when he was like his first big role was in a Halloween H two O, so it's it's more that he is, he plays a a sheriff in this. Uh, premise of the film though is takes place in Barrow, Barrow, Alaska, and if you know about the Arctic Circle or the Antarctic, um, the Earth is on a axis. And so the way it, it spins at points in time, um, parts of the world are shadowed completely. And so this is something that happens in, in Alaska, uh, where it is just complete darkness. I don't know if it's 30 days or not, but, uh, I, I looked it up. It, it, um, I think they have, they have 60 days of darkness. Okay. 
but I think it might be two events that happen throughout the year, so it might be 30 days each. Um, this is also where um, the new season of True Detective is kind of set. Although True Detective is a fictional town, and this is real. This is an actual town. Yeah, Bar- Bar- Barrow actually exists. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's neat, though. I, I want to check out uh, the new True Detective. Yeah, it's um, all, all night. Uh, this this film kicks off like right as darkness is getting ready to set in. Um, so like the the uh, oil industry, the miners, all of the people that aren't like year rounders, they all kind of pack up, get on the last plane out, and leave because they don't want to be stuck in Barrow for the next thirty days where there's no no light. And uh, the town kind of just goes into hibernation mode with like you know 150 people or so. And concept here is that a group of vampires kind of like sees this as as hunting ground. Like they've they've figured out, yeah, we we can move into this town and we can take it over and decimate it and then basically just wipe it off the map. And people will just think it's like a freak accident. Something happened. All all hundred people that lived here perished, blah, blah, blah. Plus, um, you, you get a nice break from having to like, oh, it's almost, it's almost morning. Yeah, I gotta like get back to my coffin or whatever they do. Yeah, you it's, know? it's <laughs> straight up hunting time for thirty days. Like, yeah. uh, very cool concept, right? Because like it's sunlight fun. keeps fun idea, yeah. them away. Um, and that's it. That's that's the basic premise here. Uh, Josh Hartnett plays Evan. He's the the town sheriff, and he's kind of set with protecting everybody um which isn't isn't very feasible like <laughs> the first run of these vampires coming through they wipe like 80 of the 150 people away and then slowly methodically like they're killing off everybody so there's like a small group of people that are with Eben and uh his brother and like his ex-wife I think are there Melissa George is his ex-wife Stella um and they it's a lot of like cat and mouse where they're hiding, trying to find ways to, you know, scavenge for food because they're just trying to wait out these fucking things after they, after the initial nonsense of, uh, what is happening. They kind of do come to the realization that these are vampires. They exist and they have to survive. Um, I don't know. I thought pretty cool. (laughs) Like yeah. it's not great. There's a couple cool scenes in it. We'll we'll get to them. But what were I, your initial I, thoughts of it? Well, I, initial initial thoughts. I know I saw this when it came out, and I remember not liking it for some reason. I think I told you this last time. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure what that was because it is a neat premise. It's a cool setting. Yes, Hartnett, I like, and it's pretty fun movie. Like you know what I mean? Like it's yep. so I'm not I I don't know where I was coming from. My best guess of where I was coming from when it came out is one. This feels like a very 2000s horror movie, which is not usually my favorite uh, decade. And during that decade, one of the new like trends was, and it was I think uh, 28 days later if not the Dawn of the Dead remake, was like, it's zombies, but they're fast. And that, 
This is kind of vampires, but they're fucking fast as shit. Like, vampires have always had, like, powers, you know? But these things are, like, super aggressive, like, like the, this, you know, like the, yeah. whatever, the rage people in, in 20 Days Later. Maybe that was my problem with it. It's a little bit long, too, which I, I don't like to use that, that criticism, but it is, like, almost two hours long for, like, a very, very simple, simple. <laughs> very you know, simple concept. A uh, very simple story too. Like the, you know, there is a bad vampire dude. Um, he's like the leader of this this sect of vampires. But like, he's not like he's just a villain. Like he's not like there's no plot behind it's it. Not, there's no. They don't say much either. Like you know, it's just like God, get them or you know whatever they speak in like a nonsense tongue, anyways. Yes, like I thought that was kind of cool because it seems like they're speaking, and I could be completely just projecting here, but it seems like they're speaking in some sort of Eastern European um, dialect with each other. I just assumed it's made up, but yeah, yeah, it's it sounds like something, but uh, yeah, and they they give you the they give you the subtitles of like what they're saying. So speaking of weird saying uh ben foster is in this movie uh pretty intense actor that i like he's the stranger that that shows up mm-hmm. what the fuck was what was that voice he was doing <laughs> i don't know what were you trying out there dude like I, I i don't understand the weird voice he was doing in this um but yeah uh long round way of saying uh you know what was cool when uh when they first show up and they like unleash the havoc on, on the town or whatever like it like mm-hmm. you said like it kind of like explodes like they're not like tiptoeing around like sneaking in like they sneak into a couple people's houses and kill them but then they just go fucking ape shit right yeah and it's a cool shot that like goes over the top of the town like looking down on the carnage as it as it's happening that was pretty fucking neat yeah like this helicopter shot of vampires and like like regular people running away and vampires chasing them through the streets and blood everywhere shits on fire um yeah it's an awesome shot they actually uh they they steal that and and repurpose it for the next movie but yeah, uh, in fact, multiple times I think. <laughs> they copied uh, yeah, like really that same similar. shot, or they or yeah. they like so use just, just like, use that shot. That, that photo, yeah, because they knew it was. I mean, it is one of the cool shots in the movie. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I think there's like a handful of neat ideas in here. Like, uh, at some point they're like, oh. Uh, <laughs> because like the grandma or whatever like is growing pot plants or something yeah i think that's so what they had, were saying she has, she has, yeah, she has uv lights, lights. yep uh, uh which is a neat idea it's really cool except it's like how i don't think they thought that through very well why, why? um because he goes he has to start the the uh generator because they've cut the power to everything um, like the the vampires yeah. are very thorough. Like they start out this with, they have, they've had, had somebody come through the town and steal all their their satellite phones. Um, so there's no communication with the outside world. Like they've stolen them, burned them all. Um, it's a really weird start. Uh, but yeah, when they're doing this thing with the UV lights, he has to go start the degenerator, and then. Basically, he's gonna like trying to like lure them in. It, like you get one shot, and he gets that one shot with them. But then they shut the power off. 
It's like no, yeah, yeah. So the characters that I have to get through, and I, I honestly was kind of with the characters on this too because I was like, "That's a great idea," and it works, like you said. And then immediately he's like, he's like on the phone with somebody or on his like walkie talkie or whatever. He's like, uh, "They're cutting the power." And I was like, "Yeah." They, they immediately uh, know how to get around this, but uh, yeah, I just and thought I, that was a neat like uh, I, you know thing to come up with. And I think Evan was meant to create like I think it was supposed to be a diversion. Like he was. They were moving from, so they had stored themselves in a house or somewhere, um, and I think they were moving from there to the police station, or they were moving to a different location to get supplies or, or whatever, and, and Eben was doing this as a diversion, but it was like, you're only going to get this one shot at it, <laughs> and I don't know. Like, how are you supposed to escape? He does, but... Somebody else has to die and for him to do it. So, um, but also, I don't know if we were in that situation. I think we probably would. You'd try whatever you could. Sure, um, yeah, and you maybe survive, so. you maybe wouldn't. You know, always right. Have the best plan or like think everything through. Um, but that scene in particular with the the sunlight, the the like the the sun lamps. Um, that proceeds right into what I think might be the coolest scene in in the uh, the film is where uh, Mark Boone Jr., who was what was that? Was that a biker show? The Sons of Anarchy guy. The Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, he's he's, he's the snowplow guy in this town. First yeah. off, he's driving all around with the snowplow, like fucking hitting zombies with them. But then he gets <laughs> like, uh, what is it, Chris? Like, hold uh... it. He calls it a trencher. I looked it up. It's a real thing. Yeah, um, yeah, it, yeah. It is basically a fucking tractor chainsaw. Yeah, it's like a tractor sized trencher. Like, you know, there's there's smaller ones, but yeah, this is like gigantic. <laughs> he's just like fucking flying through the town with it. Uh, it's a super fun scene because he's like, there's zombies getting, and this is actually pretty gory. Uh, the the entire movie is actually fairly gory. Uh, they're cutting cutting zombies in half with the trencher. He's blowing them up with shotguns. Uh, it's a fun like action scene, and it's maybe the most condensed action in the film um, because like otherwise they are trying to hide from these fucking things. But uh, that that's a it's a good fun scene, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's like one other thing I wanted to touch on before the ending, and I cannot for the life of me. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, uh, another th- thing I thought was cool. I don't know if you want to get to it yet. Is like what happens at the end. Like, yep. Uh, Annie we'll- comes up with. Before, before before we jump to that, there was one other thing that I kind of wanted. Like, so when they're hiding in the attic, uh, you know, trying to you know stay quiet or whatever, they have a bunch of other townspeople with them, and they have like this old dude up there, um, who's being cared for by his like son or whatever. Like the old dude has like dementia, I think yeah, a little yeah. bit. And this is kind of neat because he starts he starts having an episode where like. I don't want to be here. I want to go home. Like, and this is what, you know, what happens with people that have like this sort of, you know, wandering. Like, yeah, yeah. This, this issue, like they, uh, I, like, and you see it a lot with people in nursing homes. Like, I don't want to be here. I shouldn't be here. I should be home. I should be with whoever. And like, 
they start screaming at their help and like you're trying to keep this dude quiet and he ends up like sneaking out through a window and it's like it's just cool seeing how they kind of handle that whole thing um with them and then like the son like ends up going out chasing after after him. They, them. They, yeah they both end up dying but uh, i thought that was like cool that you have that in there that like it's not just oh there's a bunch of like you know good looking people like that are sensible and know what they're doing it's like you have to deal with like just everyday shit while you're trying to survive these let fucking me, monsters let me ask you a question maybe i wasn't watching closely enough but like will it do like uh you know day 15 day 18 like is it showing you what day it is ever so it does i didn't catch that till like very close to the end when they get to they go to this like it looks like a tanker facility or something maybe it's like for oil it's like the last last place they go to um and it says day 27 at the bottom i just didn't catch the entire movie that they were doing because one of my criticisms of the movie and i don't know how much that you know if i thought all that would help is like it doesn't i don't feel the passage of time it feels it, like it's one long night. Yeah, and and like yeah, I get it. It technically kind of is one long night, but it just it literally just feels like one night. Like it just like I just did not feel the passage of the time and the desperation and like starting to like run out of supply. Like it just felt like the action was always going, and here's the next thing, and it felt like it yep. took place over twelve hours. Like that is like it. For for a movie that is almost two hours long, and and at times does feel a bit long, it it is paced maybe a bit too fast in how it describes like the events. You, yeah, you need a couple breather scenes and some desperation. Like, uh oh, we're down to a can of soup. You know, it's this time we need to like make a move. Like, you know, it, it doesn't yeah. like so. I, I, my, the, what you just said is exactly what I was going to say, which is like, yeah, it's a two-hour movie, but it's somehow does not. I'm not feeling it's thirty hyper days. Paced. <laughs> no, yeah, it's like thirty minutes of night, and like they fucked up this town so quickly. Um, but yeah, I did catch at it, it was that when they make that move to that final facility that it says twenty-seven days. The only time I saw it was the very beginning when it was like the day before night, or you know, it says the yep. last day before night, or whatever. And you know, we get some. I, should, I, should, I watched it on Netflix, which I think it's still there. I, I wonder if like I should just pull it up and like skim through it, see we were if maybe. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like I mean, there's enough going on, like, and honestly, I thought the visually it's interesting. So I mean. I love Alaska. I love like yeah. this this insane thing that can happen on our planet that like people would put themselves through this, <laughs> um, and you'd be like, oh, "I'm gonna stay here in the dark for 30 days." And like they kind of yeah. go over the rules before that too, like no booze. Like there's no. Oh, yeah. There's a scene where the stranger Ben yep. Foster tries to. I think I think he's the one that tries to order some booze, and one of my notes was like. I think that was the one thing I wanted to touch on, maybe. It's like, dude, this place would suck to live, and <laughs> you're going to tell me I can't buy booze during this period? What am I supposed to do with myself? Like, 
It's yeah. nighttime all the time. Fucking the the fucking liquor store from twenty four seven. And I think that that's one. Alaska is, if not the largest uh, uh, percentage of alcoholics in the United States, it's very very high. And I think that this is a reason like that they don't do that because like people get super depressed and they end up killing themselves um, during those thirty days. So. <laughs> I looked up uh, when I looked up this town. It gave me their average temperature. Uh, I think it was the average temperature for January, but it's mm-hmm. like high of negative six. You give me my <laughs> booze, dude. I don't. I'll fucking stock up beforehand. I guess I'll buy fucking thirty bottles of booze. I, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with myself. I'm inside. It's all I'm gonna do. I'm not going anywhere. Fuck this. You know. I feel bad for people that live in that part of the world. It must really, really be awful. Yeah, and and remember, it's not just, like, I mean, that's for us in the United States, but, like, this stuff happens in, in like, Norway and Finland and places that are, like, above the Arctic Circle. They end up with this, like, nightmarish, like, long nights, very limited day. I don't know if it ends up 30 days of night like this, but uh, they they do get very long, like, nights. And and um, funnily enough, uh, one of my wife's coworkers just moved up to Alaska, and she said that they've gotten uh, eight feet of snow this month. Try to imagine that. It'd just um, be like it'd be like the, you're walking through the fucking maze from The Shining, but it's just walls of snow. <laughs> like it's insane. I mean, Philadelphia, I don't think has seen eight inches of snow in the last five years. So, uh, eight feet of snow is absurd. We got like a foot and a half here. It's like devastating. And and we're prepared for it, you know? But it's like, I I couldn't imagine. Couldn't imagine. How do you you prepare for eight feet of snow in a month? (laughs) You have the Sons of Anarchy guy working around the (laughs) clock. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I guess so. Um. All right. So you want to want to move on to the finale here? Uh, yeah. I think I've so covered everything I wanted to say. Eben, uh, he, his girlfriend, wife, uh, his ex wife is she has she has rescued this little girl, uh, but they are trapped under a uh, it's like a wrecked car, uh, maybe a, a mile away, quarter mile away. Um, so they can see them from the facility, but they can't reach them safely because there's too much open ground. She is hiding under this. The snow is piled up. They're freezing. Uh, and Eben, he has decided that like he's going to go out there, and the way he's going to do it is he's going to make himself as strong as a vampire by injecting himself with, with blood uh, from somebody that's turned... Uh, because I guess somebody else, like, they were bit and they didn't turn right away, like a, so... A victim head was cut off, I saw that. So it was someone that, like, was turning or whatever, and they, they'd cut yeah. their head off. Which is, like, a, a rule that they establish in, in these movies. Um, yeah, it's, uh, bullets don't do a whole lot. Um, sunlight kills, and, uh, if you get decapitated, that, that'll kill you, too. But otherwise, these guys are pretty invincible. Uh, yeah, so he injects himself with this vampire blood and <laughs> so he can be as strong and, uh, yeah. and and fights Marlo, the uh, 
the the big vampire here. Um, I thought that was a cool cool idea. The fight kind of sucks. Uh, yeah, but it, all right, we're in agreement because same thing. Neat idea. I'm watching the fight. And I'm like, why did he need to do this? Because he's just fighting the dude. Yeah, like there's no like superpowers at play or, or anything. It's just like he's just there's like punching and kicking each other. But then he finally just punches the back of the dude's head <laughs> out. His head. Yeah. I did not see In coming. Horrible CG too. Yeah. Like, well, there'll really be more bad. of that. Uh, yeah, that, that and like I thought otherwise. Like there are some CG sequences, but I thought for the most part, like the visuals were decent enough for a film from you know what, fifteen well, years ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There, there, I'm just saying that there will be more of that in the in the second oh, oh, movie. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. They're not as good. I think but, the movie. Uh, yeah. I think the movie overall like looks good too. Like yeah, I, uh, holds up pretty well for for a movie from from 2007 that. Yeah. That's a good amount of special effects. Yeah, and and even beyond the special effects, um, I liked the look of it, like the cinematography, like, and the I was like so curious. I'm like, was was this filmed, it, you know, where where it takes place or or what? And it was not like it's all a fabrication. Like I think it was all on a soundstage in like New Zealand during the summer. So like, wild. I, I thought it pretty believable. Yeah, it looks yeah, great. Like, when they're like running through that blizzard, like when they use the blizzard for cover to get to like the mm-hmm. grocery store, I was like, yeah, that's what it, like, it looks like. A, a really bad snowstorm, and like I bought it. So good job on whatever they were doing. I don't know if it's you know practical or or, or digital trickery, but uh, they did a good job of like selling that this was like <laughs> not on a soundstage. Yeah. Yeah, it, it. If you had told me that it was filmed like somewhere on location, not in Alaska, I would I would assume. Yeah, not, like the new, but... the new True Detective is filmed on location in Iceland. I want to say, mm-hmm. and so like all the nighttime shots and the snow and all that is real, and the new True Detective is just not where they're saying it is. But right. this is like, as far as I could tell from my brief uh, Google searches. It's yeah, it's all fake. They did a good job. Yes, very good job. Um, yeah, I think I agree with you. I think the film looks very, very nice. Um, and then, uh, I guess Stella Stella crawls out. So he he takes off Marlo's head. The other vampires are like, hmm, well, fuck, and they just wander away because like we're getting low on time now. Uh, there's there's not much time left, so it's it's time for them to leave, and uh, get get back to you know wherever they go to stay away from the sun. And uh, Stella crawls out from under the truck. She sees that he is now a vampire, and then they go and watch the sunrise. And he turns to uh turns to ash right there in her arms. Like it's a it's a cool ending sequence. Like. Yeah. He like gave his life for you know his love, even though they were they were broken up at that point. Yeah, but that was kind of like you know as we're going through the action of the movie, that's kind of like the the emotional storyline was they're separated and they're they're coming together. Again, it's like kind of and there's nothing like amazing. It's just your standard like genre movie stuff. But like it was a good ending. It's pretty neat. Like they're holding each other, and he turns. He's like turning into 
basically turning into ash in her arms. Yeah, burning up. Pretty cool. That's it. That was like that's like the final shot, isn't it? Like just yeah, that's it. And it like just cuts out. You get like yeah. you get that two thousands error like metal kind of credit sequence <laughs> going on, and um and and Netflix is terrible with credits anyway, so they immediately like jump to <laughs> hey, do you want to watch these other three movies? Like, so I didn't watch through that. Um, final thoughts on Thirty Days a Night, Jeff? Yeah, I. <sighs> It's pretty solidly entertaining. Like, nothing... I wasn't, like... I'm not, like, in love with it or anything, but it's just better than I remember it being. It it has a cool premise. It has a cool setting. They do a good job of selling the setting. Uh, I appreciate Hartnett more now than I probably did back then. Um, Then it's, it's... I remember, like, this movie was, like, known at the time, but, like, it just feels like it's been forgotten. It's probably kind of unfairly forgotten. It's pretty fucking decent. Uh, I'm giving it a 6.5. All right. Um, I'm right there with you. Uh, I think I liked it a little bit more when it came out. Um, And I I still liked it now. Like, I I, I enjoyed it both times. Um. I think after watching this, I did go... It's based on a graphic novel, so I did kind of pick that up and read that at the time. Um, And, yeah, I thought it was pretty neat. I think this works really well, as you said. It looks cool. Like, it... Like, visually, it has a distinct look. It looks... It looks realistic, too. Um, And I think the vampires are kind of cool in it. Like, they're brutal. Interesting design on some of them, like, their faces and stuff. And and a lot of times when vampire movies like and it just inherently because of how vampires operate like it's a lot of sulking around and they're they're hiding and this is more like vampires are straight up in the open and and it's they're the ones in charge the hunting ground it's that two thousands era thing that I don't love but uh, whatever I've come to accept that you know <laughs> there are different eras yeah. I think it works here too. I think yeah. like for this film in particular, it, it kind of uh, it, it plays out well, um, and uh, I don't think it ever elevates above middling. But I think it's entertaining, and yeah. uh, I enjoyed watching this film again. Uh, and I'm going to give it a six out of ten. Yeah, I'd say. Um... Yeah, worth revisiting. I'm sure a lot of people have not revisited this since it came out. And it's decent. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. And uh I, like if you if you are interested in vampire shit, I think it is there's a lot of bad vampire movies, man. Like this yeah. is this is like a, a unique one, at least, and it, it's fun. There's some fun scenes in it, so Yeah. However, I don't think 30 Days of Night, Dark Days, its sequel is uh, it's worth a revisit. Um, and let's get into that one. Is it worth a visit? Uh, no. no. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get into that one. Good evening. I'm Stella Olson, survivor of Barrow. Last year, when the sun set for 30 days, our town came under siege by a clan of vampires. <laughs> I've rigged the ceiling with ultraviolet lights. If there are any of you out there, I suggest you stand and show yourselves. Uh, I'm a vampire. (laughs) Hit the lights. 
thought she was the only survivor, but she's about to discover there are others and they're seeking revenge. We know what it's like waking up in the night, your heart pounding. Which is why we've been out there hunting them. We could use a fourth. Lilith orchestrates everything. She keeps them organized. She keeps them secret. They're planning another siege. Darkness is going to ascend again. We only have three days. We could take her out. Entire network falls apart. I never wanted a war. I just wanted people to know what happened here. You're planning on just walking in there and killing her? Yes. You got big guns, sweetheart. Directed by Ben Katai. Um, uh, it came out uh, July 23rd, 2010. I guess they screamed at a Comic Con and then it came out direct to video October 5th, 2010. Uh, it is 92 minutes long, so much shorter than the original. Um, I don't have any data on budget. Uh, I believe it was about five bucks because. Uh, <laughs> This film looks like shit. Uh, and uh, yeah. Whew. Direct sequel, though, to. Dur- yes, direct so sequel. I, would, I, I was assuming this one would not be as good. And I was like, maybe I should just watch that one first. And then the first one will seem like a masterpiece. But I'm happy I did it in order because it is like it's continuing the story of the. Yeah, know. it. this picks up. Uh, 10 months after no, 11 months after the uh, 10, 10 months uh, 10 months oh, after yeah. the first film um, since then uh, it, everything that has gone down uh, is believed to be just like a giant accident happened in Barrow uh, almost everybody perished except for, for Stella here and maybe a select few others Stella, though, this time not played by Melissa George. Uh, she has she's foregone that. So immediately, like, kind of alarm bells <laughs> kicking off. This is Hartnett's estranged wife from the from the first one. But yes. yeah, diff- different actress playing her. The film starts they off. They couldn't land. I don't think that that she was a very big act, or she ever became a really big actress either. Did she from the first one? Or do you uh, know her? I mean, I, I. I I notice her, but I think she is not like a she's not a star, right? She she shows up and shit. Um yeah, but, but, it, but not this this they're star. like we're gonna go one tier below that. Right. Um uh yeah. <laughs> one the movie starts off with the ending sequence of 30 Days of Night. So uh Stella holding Evan, Josh Hartnett's character, in her arms. As they they the sun comes up, except in the original, like you you see Stella doing it, like and you see like that's kind of the final shot. They have superimposed uh, this new person. What's going on here? Yeah, so they they replaced <laughs> Melissa George with Kylie Sanchez, who has taken over that role in oh that opening shot. Um, 
it's it's like it's that scene. It's not recreated. It is just that scene, but it is it now has her head on in that action. Um over the last 10 months, uh Stella has like gone on tour trying to talk to everybody and say, "Hey guys, it wasn't a freak accident. There was no oil fire that killed almost everybody up there. It was vampires, y'all." Nobody <laughs> believes her. So she pulls this stunt where she has rigged the auditorium where she's giving this speech with those sun lamps from the first one. Yeah. And she's like, and I know you don't believe me, but there are vampires and they are here tonight. They, they show up at every one of my, you know, things that I'm going to, yeah. She's like, and you better out yourselves right now. Or else, and like, of course, nobody does it. She's like, hit the lights. And they turn these lights on. And these vampires start roasting immediately. Yeah, and then Honestly, she gets arrested. I didn't hate it. I didn't hate this. It's not an awful opening. It's just goofy. I do like, too, right before she does it, like, some fucking smartass gets up. He's like, I'm a vampire. <laughs> And she's like, hit the lights. And like they do this super dramatic zoom on her on her face. It's so funny. <laughs> but yeah, I, I I'm with you, Jeff. I didn't hate it. It is just goofy though. It's so funny. Yeah. And it's like well, completely the whole, against the vibe of the original film. Like Well, the whole the whole idea that like less than a year later she'd be given like fucking TED talks about vampires is, is stupid. Like yeah, I just not, like it's five not five years later, maybe. Yes, right? Yeah, like, exactly. That's this is like a five years later plot, and they're like, No, within ten months, she's like I don't know if she's written a book or what like like she's like, going on tour. It's like I I, I don't I, it's a I don't, little too accelerated. I don't believe it. Um, um but and this this takes place in LA at some school campus or whatever. She gets arrested for doing this and um she gets interviewed by some guy who who knows about vampires, but he's not leaning he's not like leaning into how he knows and he lets her walk, whatever. Um this is kind of where I think it goes immediately downhill. It all takes place in LA. And part of the cool thing about 30 days of night was that, that you know, the concept think, of it yeah. is that, that you're in Alaska. There is nonstop darkness. And you're, if you're in LA, you know, there's a regular day night cycle. That's not to say there's not vampires that, you know, are hiding, but like it, it takes away the, the one coolness. thing that was different. Yeah, like the, the the primary concept of the film. The name of the fucking movie is 30 Days of Night. Also, also, you know you're in trouble with this one when the title of it is 30 Days of Night, Dark Days. That's like a redundant yes. title. No shit, the days are dark. It's 30, it's 30 Days, days of, of Night. night. <laughs> uh, she she gets arrested, harassed by this agent, whatever, who's with the FBI, and they release her. She goes back to her hotel, and there are, like, three people, four people, that are have broken into her hotel room and are just there. Uh, they are vampire hunters, y'all. 
And they would like her to join up with them and become vampires, uh, vampire hunters, and uh, and and fight the fight the good fight and kill kill the vampire sex throughout the world. First movie is fun because it's just a fun horror premise. Yeah, you're innocent people living in a town. Shit starts to go down. Oh shit! It's vampires, and they're here because we're we're long night. This is this continuing saga comic book horseshit about like we have to continue the story, and, and now there's vampire hunters, and we have to go take down. There's a queen, and we have to go take her down, and like all this stuff. It's just like I don't know. Not as good, in my opinion. Not what I you know. I like something pure no. and simple, like the first one, and, and instead of getting into this fucking comic book horse shit, which this might be, because like you said, there was a graphic novel, like, this might be adapting part of the story. I don't know, but like, it's, it feels it, it feels comic booky to me, and not in, that's not like a compliment. Like, Yeah, so I, I did not look this up previously, but uh, yes, this, there is... 30 Days of Night, Dark Days is a six-issue run of uh, continuing the yeah. story after after the original 30 Days of Night. So basically, like, that that author who, who wrote that original one, uh, I think Steve Niles is his name, uh, he is, like, he's like, hey, that was, we did good with that last yeah, one, yeah, right? Yeah, Let's make another one. Yeah. And, like, and, and he, there are... <laughs> Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen additional thirty days of night books after the like the original this that they did. So he just continued I... on forever. Uh, off of you know he came up with a cool concept and then beat it to death. Yeah. And thirty days of night made some money enough that somebody was like, "We can take your other thing and make that into a film, right? And we'll make DVD and we'll push it out." You're, you're exactly right, Jeff. Like they, <laughs> they fucked it up. Uh, you had something cool and you, you couldn't just leave it be. Um, and and the problem here, I mean, outside of you know that now it's just you, you've lost what made the first one cool. It's just a fucking standard vampire film. Like, there's vampires. They exist. Nobody believes you that they exist. And um, we're like the Van Helsing group. Hey, guys, let's go fight some vampires. That's yeah, it. That's got, what got, this film is. We got to find their lair. We have to kill the queen. Yeah. Um, and and uh, like, it doesn't do anything with the L.A. setting. In fact, I, I feel like I think you touched on this. Uh, on Letterboxd or whatever, where it's just like a lot of it's just like walking around inside of a fucking factory or warehouse, like very nondescript environments, you know? Yeah, like they're, they're all shitty. Like they, everything looks like garbage. Half this movie is uh, Stella talking to one of the vampire hunters, and they like whisper to each other to the point that like. No matter how high I turned up my TV, I couldn't hear what the fuck they were saying. So I had to turn the subtitles on back on on Tubi. Uh, I mean, at least they like fuck at one scene. Good for them. But like, yeah, there was a lot of like, 
what are you going to do when we get through all this? What's your plans? What was your life? You know, like a lot of those conversations. Yeah. Uh, Even the sex scene is weak. Like, it's okay. There was nothing. Yeah, it's only like. Well, there's no, like, I, I don't know what it adds, right? Like, and it not, is not a throwback to the, like, like in Terminator, how you have to have that sex scene. Like, like that's just what they used to do in movies back in the day. It's a throwback to that, really. It's just, like, out of nowhere. Yeah, it does, like, fuck. she has no real, like, there's no affinity for this guy. They only met, like, three days ago. Not that that's an issue, right? Like, but, but she's doing all this in in honor of her dead ex-husband who turned himself into a vampire. Uh, and she's like, I haven't felt anything for a long time. And then just takes off her underwear and like, fuck me. Like, it's like, that's it. Like, that's, that's it's I wa- so dude, I want to say in that, like, before they start fucking, I want to say it's in that scene. The guy she's talking to, he says... I haven't been home in years, and I'm sorry. You can't just steal a line from planes, trains, and automobiles and stick it <laughs> in your shitty fucking vampire fucking movie. What the fuck? Like, dude, that's like a very famous line from planes, trains, and automobiles. He's like, I haven't been home in years. What the fuck? Oh, yeah, this whole thing also, just doesn't work. <laughs> Sorry, uh, I'll let you get back into like the the plotting and and, and what what's going on in this. But I feel like the, the many of the lines in this movie are like very delivered. Yeah, um, not not the best actors. Just throwing it uh, out there. No, I think almost everybody in this movie is there's, terrible. I do there's like one real I actor. Like, there's one I real actor. Like, uh, they kill him. Yeah, I like Todd. He's a uh, he's played by Harold Perno. Um, yeah, that's the one real actor you had, and you killed him because he's the black guy. <laughs> it's yeah, it's very generic. Like, oh well, our black friend's got to die now. It's like, except he's the only motherfucker in this movie that can act. <laughs> like, like this dude has an actual resume. Like he's been in shit. Like you, you know, you know he can act. And they do nothing with him and kill him right away because, of course, the black guy's gonna die right away. It's like, what the fuck? And he's the only one that can like deliver lines. Yeah. Like, yeah. The the other per the other girl, the girl who plays Amber Diara Baird, is just she's screaming. Like her her delivery method is I scream everything at all times. Uh, the person playing Stella and the person playing Paul, as you said, their delivery method is we whisper oh, everything. <laughs> and it's so flat. Like, there's a part near the end where, like, one of the lady uh, vampire hunters is getting, like, murdered in front of them. And they stare with vacant, like, Stella and him stare with like, these vacant faces at it happening. Like, would she be screaming? Would she be doing anything? Trying to fight? Crying? Anything. They're just like, oh my god, this is happening now. Like that is that is the level of emotional investment from the acting in this. Yeah. Just like okay. And everything, like anytime they try to do a shot, that's like, all right, this is gonna like, I got an idea, guys. How about we do Elizabeth Bathory, and like we'll we'll have our vampire head vampire chick she takes baths in blood that's cool right guys you don't do anything with it like 
Well, no. The bath of blood gets used at the very end. He used it in, which I don't. <laughs> the, che- the Chekhov's gun slash bath yeah. of blood. Um, but even that's like. Uh, well, that gets ruined by like really terrible effects. Yeah. Part. Not I mean, skip I, ahead to the end. I don't mean to like. But there, there's just so much that's bad about this, like. They they have this sequence where they're like, oh, we found where there's like a nest of them. We're gonna go in, and it's just a fucking sewer. Like, uh, then there's like, oh, we know where there's another nest of them, and that's just a warehouse. Like, that's what all these sequences are. It's warehouses and and like hallways and and shitty hotel rooms. And then it looks like maybe what's supposed to be a boat, but. It really just looks like they filmed it in like the basement of a boiler room or, or something. Some hotel or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like uh, so bad. I could. I'll give it a couple. I'll give it a couple uh, props. You know, some compliments. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there's a part where Stella. I think it's Stella. Like crushes someone who's turned their head with like a cinder block. Oh yeah, so well, it's uh, good. It, it's Harold. She she kills a uh, well, Todd. She the kills one guy that can act. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she smashes his head with a cinder block. And they did it like it's was, it was pretty cool. I thought I thought pretty cool gore effect. Um, yeah, and at least it looked mostly practical at the very least. Also, neat idea in my opinion. Neat idea that the the FBI agent who's like harassing her and arresting her and shit. He's like working for the vampires. Yes, for a very specific reasons, cancer, and he doesn't want to die. And so he's like, just like the stranger from the first one. Like I don't, we didn't really explain that the stranger. Like he wanted the vampires to turn him. Yes. This guy is like doing their bidding. Um. So that you could turn them. Hey, hey, it's something. It's something like sort of interesting. <laughs> well, and and actually, the like that's a pretty that's a pretty good scene too. Is where they make they, him prove his yeah. loyalty. Oh boy, and he, yeah. He just like bites into this this victim that they have there, and like that seems like a, much like a practical effect scene too. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he, he doesn't have like the vampire teeth or anything. Like he's just like ripping some lady, poor lady's. Fucking neck, neck open, apart, yeah. Through and drinking her blood, like he doesn't need this yet. He's just doing it because, like the the queen was amused by the idea. Just like do it to show, you know. That's something. I think that's maybe the only two things I could I could say that I thought. One cool. one other thing, at least like concept wise, that I thought was neat is that if a vampire, like you can kill a vampire with sunlight, mm, mm. but they're not dead, like. They're just kind of like in a very supreme hibernation mode, and you can reanimate them with blood. Well, into uh, like decomposition, like yeah, if you pour yes. blood in their mouth, vamp, just right. You don't know even regular blood because it plays into the ending. All they need is yeah. blood. They're coming back. That's a neat idea. So, like yes. uh, again, we're we're goofing on this thing. I know you hated it. Me personally, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't hate it. <laughs> Spoiler surprise. I, uh, yeah. I think it's, you know, it's bad straight to video, but I was like, eh, there's a few things. It was watchable enough. Like I made it. You know, I wasn't like, I wasn't like dying sitting there watching. It. I was just like, yeah, yeah, this is garbage. But 
I, I mean, outside of like those few spots, like I, I was pretty much dying. <laughs> this is, and it really just comes down. Like, I, I think it's super generic. And I think that that's mostly the problem. It's like, it's just, it I've seen this in every other fucking vampire movie before. You're not doing anything new with it. And you're coming off. I like, granted, I just watched the original movie like 24 hours prior. You're coming off of something that has a cool concept and you didn't do anything with that concept. <laughs> Nothing except like, oh, there's another boat of vampires. They're going to go do they're going to go do the same thing to a different town. But we're not going to like we're not going to recreate. I'd that. rather see that movie. Yes. <laughs> don't do anything. Uh, I mean, I don't know, man. Like, I get it. Like, all right, we got to come up with it. Again, that's the whole, like, we're continuing the saga. So, you know, now we're going to we're gonna hunt the vampires. It's just, it's just not as good. It's not as good as a, as a sneaky here, town took by surprise, you know? like Just sitting here thinking, like, you could have, like, they, they call out. They're, they're going to this town called Wainwright, which is, you know, I guess somewhere up by Barrow. Similar concept, small town, 30 days a night. You could have had Stella go there, right? And she's trying to tell him, like, hey, they're going to fucking come for you guys next. And, like, she's the crazy lady. She could have moved there after the first one because the town was decimated and, and, you know, thinks it's all safe and good. So how a lot of, like, standard horror sequels are is the same thing happens again. Might have been better than, like, the, the stupid shit they're trying to add to this. I mean, I guess I appreciate the effort. For straight to video, like you're trying to do something different, but what you're doing, like you said, is pretty generic. Like, and to be fair to the film, this isn't. This is not. I mean, the film I think is bad enough <laughs> on its own, but they, as we said, they adapted this from you know a comic that yeah. some like this guy wrote. Like he he wrote this out. Like they're not they're not straying too far. That comic takes place in L.A. too, evidently does some of these same things they're just recreating that here in this film so it's not really on the filmmaker's fault like yeah just the concept the story itself is just super generic which is is a shame to me um i guess one before we kind of wrap up here uh there's an ending she does go back to barrow so we, we mentioned that blood brings vampires back if they they are intact and uh, she goes digs up evan's body drags it to their house i guess and i don't i don't know where she gets the blood from but she like Here, here's a question yeah what are you what are you doing why are you doing this yeah what what was the goal because uh, uh if the goal is what happens i guess you got it because like that is that's what's gonna happen you know what I mean? Yep. Because, yep. like, he, he was holding on at the end, but he knew it was, like... He's a vampire. Yeah. He he And he wanted to die. <laughs> like, that's why yeah. he, like, stayed in your arms. Because, like, he was like, I could go after them and kill them. And, and he was like, I'd rather just not. <laughs> like, I'd rather, I'd rather just end it. I don't want to be this monster. And she kind of goes against his dying wishes to <laughs> bring him back. Uh, they bring back what Evan. End? It is I don't Josh Hartnett. Like, 
that's oh, and I, I was like, oh my god, did they get Hartnett for like to work like for three hours on this movie? No, and no, it's someone who is clearly not him. Like he looks nothing like him. I was like, no. okay, well, you know, still, it's, 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 recastings happen and you deal with them. But it was just so weird. I was just like, eh, a real, another sour note to end this movie on. Like, the only reason you do that ending is if you could get Hartnett back. You know what I mean? Like, oh, wouldn't this be a cool reveal? Like, here he is. But no, it's some guy playing. And, and yeah, I think that Art works. School. That that works if you got Melissa George to play Stella. And... Like then, then I think you have to get Josh Hartnett back. And this one, they're just like, yeah, we're just gonna erase. It's you, you, it's straight to video. You get it, and it's fine. But yeah, uh, it's just it was so obviously like that. They didn't even try to get someone that looked kind of like him. No, he doesn't look anything like him. Fun fact about the guy: uh, his name is Stephen Huzar, who plays very briefly he plays Evan in this movie. Um. One, he has made a he's made made himself a career of making those like Hallmark Christmas movies. Okay, cool. Like um, he's the director of them. No, he is the star of oh, it's like in like, a ton of, of these fucking things. For a second. He's like Christmas wedding planner, a royal Christmas, navigating oh, Christmas. Wow. Time, time for us to come home at Christmas. <laughs> Hallmark owns his ass. Uh, Return to Christmas, like. Like he is, he is like just. I guess he just. That's what he does. Good for him. Uh, but the fun fact is that um, his family tree evidently goes back to uh, the Transylvania region of Romania. So there's a vampire tie to this dude that plays a. Uh, he plays the character that Josh Hartnett played in the original film. Um, I did find that interesting, but good for him. But yeah, as you said, he uh, Stella brings him back, and it's exactly what you would expect to happen of a vampire. He bites her, and that's how the film ends. And uh, that's also where this franchise ended, thankfully, because uh, it's it's a it's it's a franchise that did not need to be a franchise. It's a good one-off concept. Yeah, and that one-off they did it go like again. I don't think it's like. It's you know it's no classic. It's not pushing the genre forward. It's just like a decent one of those movies that that came out in that era that you know is worth revisiting, especially if you like that era of horror. Yes, um, this one though I don't think it's really worth visiting. Uh, I ultimately hated it, <laughs> uh, like. Aggressively, I really did not like this film, uh, and I'm going to give it a three out of ten. Jeff, what are your final thoughts on Thirty Days of Night, Dark Days? Look, every once in a while, a direct-to-video sequel like will surprise you, and, and yeah. is good. I can give you an example. I'll give you one that we've done: Silent Night, Deadly Night Five. It's bonkers. It's stupid. Yeah. I love it. Um, Return of the Living Dead 3. That's another one. I really oh, that's a good one. one, yeah. yeah. This is not one of those. <laughs> <laughs> this is your stand. This is like kind of what you expect out of a straight to video sequel. 
And yeah. on that level, I, I didn't hate it. Like, it's just, it's, it's, I'm not saying it's fine, a good score. I, I just, I didn't hate it. There were things I found in it that I was like, oh, that's a, that's a neat idea. That could have been something cool. Um, and I wasn't like super bored. Like it was over pretty quick. So I'm gonna give it a four out of ten. It, it is a recommend. Here's how I would recommend it. And and if <laughs> if you fall in this category, you've probably seen it. It's like if you're really into the comics, hey, like I I would definitely check it out to see like how they adapted that part of the story. For sure. Yeah. Also, if I were like a kid, let's say I was. Uh, 12 years old when, or 10 years old or whatever, when 30 Days of Night came out. And, th- and I saw this right after, I might have been like as into this, just because it's continuing the story like of this movie that I love, but like yeah, watching it out, I was just like, well, I thank God I didn't want to like tear my eyeballs out watching it like like <laughs> you did. Uh, but yeah, there's, that's the only the only way I can recommend seeing this is like if you're super into this franchise, which in which case you've probably seen this. Other than that, everyone else could like safely steer away from the sequel. And unfortunately, uh, if you did not watch it uh, on Tubi in the month of January, I'm um, keeping it right under the wire. It it's gone now. Uh, I don't know. I don't know where this ends up. It may just go into like the the abyss of it streaming. May, it may disappear. Yeah. Yeah. Where I mean, so many films like where you might be able to buy it. I don't recommend it. I don't recommend going and oh. buying this movie or renting it. Um, but as Jeff said, if it's free and you watch the other yeah. one and you were like, I want a little more of that, maybe. Yeah. But. Um, it's not on Tubi anymore. So they even even they have turned their back on this film. Uh, Jeff, did you put a poll out? No, I did not. Because it seems like we have I, a consensus. I, I, I didn't think we would need one. Yeah. Uh, yes, the yeah, winner here is the original. It's a pretty good movie. What do we have for uh, what? Are, what are we watching in February for our marked episode? All right, I'm going real out here. You have to bear with me. Uh, and, and, you know, I swear I have a fun episode coming soon. It's just taking a while for the movie to be available. But, uh, hey, this episode might be fun as well. I haven't seen either of these movies. Okay. Uh, but as far as I understand, they're not horror, but they might be horrifying. Let's give them a shot. Chris, you have free reign to choose whatever you want. Because you could do a romantic comedies. Because I'm going way out of our like action horror um, template here. All right. It is an election year, and yes. nightmarish enough. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and with that in mind, I wanted to do two movies about the media. Okay. From 1957, we are going to do A Face in the Crowd. And okay. from 1976, we're going to do Network. Okay. I've not seen either of these either. I've heard I've a lot seen... about Network. You know um, what I've heard about Network? I'm mad as hell. I want to find out what that's all yeah. about. Um, same. Uh, 
I, I mean, critically acclaimed too, I believe. So. Oh yeah, it's a classic. So, it's Sydney Lumet. So yeah, we're we're gonna watch actually maybe two classics. A Face of the Crowd, I, I think, is less uh, discussed, but uh, for reasons that I think will become this one, I've I've read a little bit about. And Face of the Crowd, for reasons you will understand why I picked uh, this episode, it kind of uh, predicted where we're at. Put it that way. Okay. Uh, looking forward to it. Uh, Jeff making us uh, go outside our wheelhouse. Um, I'm sure I'll bring the schlock come uh, April. But uh, <laughs> I got schlock. I got fun stuff coming. But uh, <laughs> okay. uh, this is this is just one that like. I actually, I think I, I want to say I came up with this episode because I saw someone on on Twitter say it's election year. That means everyone should watch a face in the crowd. And I was like, I've never heard of this. And I started looking into it, and I was like, oh, okay, interesting. And then I started reading uh, of them, the Metro Network, and I said, here we go. That's how we landed here. All right. That works for me. So we will uh, we'll be watching A Face in the Crowd and Network during February. Yeah. Join us early Class, March. Classing it up for, for March. <laughs> well, thank you all for listening. We'll see you in March. All right.